Welcome back to Digital by Attention Media. Today on the show, we are talking to Tanil Alexander. Tanil has a wealth of experience uh, in marketing roles at the corporate level, having worked at places like the Bank of Queensland, Australia Post, and Open Universities Australia. She has a very strong focus in all things digital, marketing, lifecycle management, and brand management. She's founded her own consulting firm, Ritual Consulting, which is focused on empowering and upskilling people so that they can take their business and team to the next level. We talked to Tanil about her backstory in business, the differences between corporate and small business, how Ritual Consulting was created, and then we dive into branding and marketing and how you can apply it in your business today. Stay tuned. That episode is coming right up next. Welcome to Digital, a podcast brought to you by Attention Media, a location agnostic digital growth agency helping businesses become iconic brands. On this show, we dive into the hottest topics, the latest updates, and what's working in social media and digital marketing right now to get you up to speed and keep you informed. And if you want to grow your business through strategic digital marketing, head over to attentionmedia.com.au, click on the book a discovery call tab, fill out some details, and we'll be in touch. We'd also love to know if you're listening to this show. So please take a screenshot, upload it to your preferred social media account and tag us at Attention Media Agency. Let's get into the show. Tanil from Ritual Consulting, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we, um, we were just talking before we hit record. Uh, you've had a, uh, yeah, a pretty crazy few months uh, in your part of the world, uh, a new mum, so congratulations. And uh, also working your way through the, uh, yeah, the, the crazy floods that have just happened uh, in your part of the world. What was that like? Yes, um, I'm based in Byron Bay and we were hit pretty hard. With the whole Northern Rivers was hit really hard with just the recent floods. So, it, yeah, it's really hard to get your head around even... Um, being in and amongst everything it was just unfathomable and really um, distressing and yes just sad to see all the small businesses affected and to see people's homes and all their belongings you know out on the street and next when you know people started cleaning up their homes and things like that so it's pretty wild um, I think yeah just saying that we lost um, power like a lot of people and uh, internet and um, a lot of the towns or most of the towns around the area ran out of petrol because yeah. both roads in and out of the area um, were blocked from the floods, so mm. the petrol trucks couldn't get in. Um, no fruit and veggies. So it was, um, yeah, it was pretty wild for a, a good few days. And just everyone, I think, is slowly recovering and just going through the cleanup and the aftermath of it all. Yeah, yeah. Look, for for those of us who uh, you know haven't been in flood affected areas, it's uh, it's pretty hard to kind of fathom what that would be like. Um, you know, again, no fuel, no, uh, no no fresh food or anything like that for several days, and and even just the cleanup aspect of it as well. I think um, you know across the globe, we've uh, we've uh, everybody's had a pretty crazy uh, couple of years with the pandemic and all that sort of stuff, and and then for you guys uh, in that part of Australia to be hit with these kind of floods, it's just uh, yeah, yeah, very tough to get through. So, um, yeah, look, I know uh, lots of people are pitching in and helping and, uh, yeah, wish you all the best with the cleanup and hopefully it's, um, yeah, doesn't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's jump back into um, obviously yourself, Ritual Consulting, your business, the whole reason for having you on the podcast today. And, and again, thanks for uh, sharing your time. Um, look, let's get started. Uh, can you just give us the backstory in um, you know in your sort of career, um, how Ritual Consulting came to be, and uh, you know your experience in uh, in the business world, essentially? Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, I actually started um, 
my career in advertising. I did a Bachelor of um, Business Marketing. So I was always interested in that space and landed, I guess, um, in a role in advertising in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started my career there and, yeah, I guess I loved, um, loved the communication and the branding side of things. Also, was always fascinated by, I guess, the consumer behaviour component of marketing, yeah. uh, which yes. is very much focused on in advertising because it's all about really understanding, you know, your audience and the mindset and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into uh, corporate marketing roles as well. So I kind of bounced between advertising and marketing. So I went quiet side an agency and I really liked, um, I guess, the marketing side of things because you're more in the, the driver's seat and yeah. you have more, um, I guess, control and access to all the different arms of marketing, not just advertising, which is a mm. component of marketing, the bigger picture. Mm. And I moved to Melbourne and worked with some big um, companies down there, such as Australia Post and Open Universities Australia. So I had access to some really good budgets which was great from a marketing perspective and also um, even just working in the financial services sector as well, worked with Suncorp and Bank of Queensland. We had good budgets and also uh, they were really good with, um, I guess, really sophisticated when it came to digital marketing and Mm. digital media. So I got really interested in digital marketing and, um, you know, anything online just because of, I guess, probably because of the targeting ability. I was always fascinated by, you know, how we could reach and connect with people and how um, we could make customers' experience better just through being more targeted and providing content and information that was more relevant. Yeah. Um, But I guess um, when I hit Melbourne, probably like most people that were, um, you know, I guess I've always been quite driven and, um, yeah, I I had a lot of burnout as well. So, you know, I was very much burning the candle at both ends and I like to work hard and fast and keep kind of I guess you know climbing and I had my own personal goals so when I hit Melbourne um, I had a really great senior role in Australia Post and started up a whole new department for consumer marketing for the company but um, yeah I had pretty big burnout and was working really long hours and um, it just took its toll as it does mm. and I um, took a bit of a, a break and did a yoga teacher training course Nice. And thought, okay, right, I'm done with corporate, got rid of all my corporate gear, bought all Lululemon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and started managing <laughs> yoga studios and um, did marketing and taught yoga in Melbourne for about a year and a half. So that oh, was wow. a really, um, a bit of a big turning point. And I guess the reason why um, I'm bringing it up and including it in my, my story is that it, when I went back into the corporate world, because I actually did go back in, when I moved back north again, I um, mm-hmm. went back into advertising and marketing and I started my own business with my old business partner. Um, but I had a very different mindset going back in and I um, had more of a purpose and I knew that it was you know, going to be temporary. And yeah, I just I had a very different, I wasn't as sucked in and I wasn't as entrenched in everything um, mm. as, as I was before. So I had a, a different mindset. But I guess after a couple of years, um, I wanted to do something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had more to give. And I guess that's where Ritual um, was born from, that desire to kind of give back. And I remember I was living on the Gold Coast at the time and um, being quite, I guess, um, introspective you know just going through a phase in your life where you do reflect back and just start thinking about what you want in the future for yourself and I guess I came to the realization that well my experience is what I have to give and my Mm. experience is you know working in small business I'd started a business myself um, working in marketing and advertising obviously for you know 12 years back then 
And so I thought, well, this is what I have. This is my experience. This is what I have to give. So ritual was really started, you know, almost as a bit of an act of service. Um, I loved going to the markets and working with those small business owners um, when I had my own business. So I wanted to work in that community and work with um, those people. Yep. I still have a corporate audience at the moment, um, but I just, yeah, really wanted to work in that space. And my experience with branding, marketing and advertising was what I had to give. So I started Ritual um, a few years ago, just part-time while I was still working full-time in marketing. Okay. And just um, over the years, I've just started to transition and take on more and more um, work with Ritual as, as it happens. And mm. then, you know, eventually you, you jump ship and you jump in fully. Yeah, yeah. And so I have been, um, yeah, running Ritual full-time um, maybe for 12 months now. Yeah, give or take. So yeah, yeah it's been it's been great, and um, yeah, it feels you know when you have those moments in your life, you feel things are just aligned and they're flowing, and mm. you're in the right place. And even yeah. though you might not be moving as fast as you want to, or you're not you know kicking off your goals as, as quick as you would like, um, you know you're in the right lane. Yeah. You're, in, you're going in the right direction. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you've got that um, got that purpose and that uh, you know, that that drive, and you know, you're doing it for you, and you're doing what you enjoy. So yeah, it's uh, I definitely resonate with that. Um, before we dive into to ritual a little bit more, I'd love to sort of go back and uh, and touch on um, obviously you know, your experience in you know in the in the corporate level, and, and you know obviously with quite large companies as well. Um, I think obviously the the audience for this podcast is in that SME space. Um, and I think one of the things that's really interesting also for me as well, being a small, uh, small business owner, an agency owner, um, is, you know, how the top end of town, you know, go about business. Like you were talking before about having, you know, all the different teams and departments, really good budgets, all that sort of stuff. Is there any kind of um, similarities, I suppose, that you find uh, that can translate? Because I know a lot of people could be sitting there, they're a small business owner. Maybe they have a, you know a, a number of staff, um, but when they look at the top end of town, whether it's you know uh, you know open universities or, or Ozpost or Bank of Queensland, like the really big end of town, a lot of what they do to to most people would seem either you know unachievable, unattainable, or, or isn't relevant. But from your experience in those really large companies. Are there like fundamental principles or things that you know are just good general business practice that can still flow on and still have re relevance in that you know small business owner market? Is there anything there that kind of you know cross pollinates? Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's probably a really good point to make because I've come across those conversations a number of times as well when working with small to medium sized business owners. Is mm. it, it does feel really out of reach and um, unattainable, almost to the point where it's like oh not give up but it's like oh it, it's not accessible um mm. but really interestingly if you strip you know strip budgets out of the picture and even strip um, resources out because some of these departments i worked within you know had 20 plus people we were working with agency partners and we were still trying to work out what worked from a marketing perspective so even with those resources yeah. and having million dollar budgets it doesn't always equal you know successful you know yeah. revenue figures that you'd like so yeah yeah, I guess coming back to what you're asking, absolutely. Um, there's some real fundamentals and the principles of marketing actually apply to any business, no matter what your size is. And I think some of those um, elements and I guess the um, aspect and all elements that I'm really quite strong on is around brand mm. and really understanding um, your brand and that you're not just selling a product or service. You um you really do need to invest in, and create that brand and invest in your brand story and understanding your target audience and yeah. really um, 
you know, going under the hood with your audience, not just looking at, you know, the demographic information such as their age or income status or gender, really looking at um, what makes them tick and we call it psychographics. So uh, looking at things like their desires and their goals, what are some of their challenges and the pain points they're experiencing within your category or within what you offer? What are their barriers to purchase? So really trying to understand all of those um, intricate details and uh, about your audience mm-hmm. will then help you as a business owner and you know as a business owner with your marketing hat on, uh, develop communication that's going to answer and help your audience get to where they would like to get to and even help you craft your product or your service offering really around what that audience needs based on where they're at. So that's um, something obviously that the bigger end of town spend a lot of money on and do a lot of research to get right. Um, For example, at Open University of Australia, we used a research agency to identify our target audience for a new brand that we were creating and we spent 120K just on understanding our audience um, and working out who who that is. So it's a Obviously, small business um, don't necessarily have access to those sorts of budgets, but the point is, is um, I guess, really valuable to take the time and mm. to you know carve that out to understand who it is that really your brand and your um, product and services for. So yeah. I think branding your target audience, um, also really understanding your messaging. That's probably yes. one of the other principles that I talk about a lot when it comes to marketing. So mm. looking at your point of difference kind of what sets you apart from your competitors, uh, whether it's service or product features or um, a combination of a few things, which is often the case, or even if it's your brand that helps set you apart, really understanding what that is and then being able to articulate that and communicate that through effective messaging to your audience yeah. and being consistent with that that messaging, uh, that will really help you to cut through the noise and will really help your audience to understand why they can... Um, why they should be coming to you in the first place. So mm. that's another kind of element that I think um, no matter what size you are or, yeah. you know, your level of experience when it comes to marketing, really understanding how to nail your messaging is, is a key component will help create that cut through. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, you know, um, uh, my, uh, you know, advisor and mentors, you know, have always said in the past as well, like, you know, you need to treat no matter what size your business is, whether you're, you're a startup or, you know, you do have an established business, uh, you need to, you know, run your business like it is a big business. Like, you know, treat it and think about it like it is a big business. Um, and again, like, you know, as we've mentioned, it's, it's all just economies of scale as well. Obviously, you know, open universities can spend 120K on, you know, um, customer research and things like that. You can do exactly the same thing, but you're not doing it to the scale that they are. So it's it's all relative at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, making sure that, um, making sure that yeah, you're putting in the work, you're, you're focusing on really important things. And I think, you know, we've had a lot of conversations with different, with different guests and people um, sort of over the past 12 to 18 months around brand. And I think it's something that obviously is extremely important and, and, you know, you can back me up here, is that most industries these days, you know, can be quite saturated, some more than others, but there are a lot of business out, businesses out there that are offering the same products and services as others. Generally speaking, they'll also be around the same price points and all that sort of stuff. So the question does become, hey, how do we stand out? What makes us different? Um, and brand is one of those key things that is going to help you 
have that point of difference and also find the people who are going to want to do business or buy from you. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I've um, sat in a number of different boardroom tables where I've had execs ask that exact same question. You know, mm. we offer the same product as so-and-so competitors, the same pricing. How do we differentiate? How do we create cut through? And as a marketer, yeah, I really believe in the power of branding and, yeah. you know, all of the aspects of brand, whether it's brand strategy, brand personality, your tone of voice, all of that is actually going to help you create differentiation in market. Yeah. And you'll find your tribe of people, you'll find your audience, they'll naturally start to resonate with you. But you've got to really understand, I guess, um, the art of branding mm. and then be intentional with creation of your brand so that you actually do attract the audience that you're looking to bring in and that you can help serve. Um, so I think yeah. that's also one of the other benefits of actually investing in your brand and understanding that process is that it will help, um, yeah, bring the right audience to you um, because you've been intentional about, you know. Mm, mm. Yeah. Is, so is there a few um, is there a few points, is there a few places that people could start if somebody's you know, running a trade-based business or a professional services business or, or maybe even it's you know, just a local cafe, in terms of brand, because I think sometimes that can be a, a fairly overwhelming thought as well for a lot of business owners. You know, they're, they're trying to manage staff, you know, keep, uh, keep the cash flow going, all that sort of stuff. Then all of a sudden, it's like, right, I've got to have a, a brand as well and a brand strategy and where do I start? So is there a, a couple of pointers or tips that you can share um, just for, you know, that needs to be included when we're talking about brand for a business? Like where do people start? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I break branding down into two components. So um, you can think of brand um, inward focus or um, internal and external. Nice. So internal is in the industry, sometimes also called brand strategy. So mm -hmm. internal aspects of your brand or, you know, your vision, your mission, your values, um, those sorts of things. So even as a business owner, if you can look at um, those internal aspects of your brand and think about your vision, where it is that you're headed, what is that kind of big aspirational statement that you know your business is going to be working towards and your staff can kind of get behind. Mm -hmm. um, your mission statement, that's very much obviously the what and concerned with the now and the, the tangible aspects. So what it is you're actually doing as a business that's going to help you get to that vision and get to the direction you want to go. Uh, and that will help you um, understand what it is exactly that you're offering as well. And then your values. So, um, you know, what, it, what is it that's important to you as a business or a brand? Mm -hmm. And I find um, values are probably one of the most important aspects of that internal focus of the brand because they can really steer and influence, um, you know, a range of different things in your business and, and your marketing. You know, for example, your content, what you're communicating really needs to be on brand and should be aligned to those values. So, for example, if you care about, um, innovation or you care about community if that's what's important to your brand mm. you know how is that translating across your different touch points how does that translate into your the development of your product how does that translate into your content strategy um, and what you're posting on social media and your emails you know that are going out for example so that yeah. inward focus I would be looking at yeah vision mission values at a minimum um, mm -hmm. you know getting that right and then the second component of branding I think about um, brand identity if that's the external so what you look like and how you present yourself to the world so making sure you've got a style guide um, so you know having consistency with your logo color palette font selection graphic devices photography all those sorts of things are going to help 
um, present an image or present your brand to your audience and help you attract the right audience and create that point of difference in market. Yep. Um, the other thing around brand identity is just, I guess, making sure that you're consistent across all of those touch points and that you're uh, also looking at your tone of voice. So how do you sound, um, you know, across those different touch points, the language that you're using, that's going to help create your brand and that brand identity. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to help you attract the right audience. So there are probably, you know, a few things, few pointers when it comes to investing in your brand. Um, yeah, think about your internal focus and your external focus. Yep, love that, love that. And then obviously that all has, uh, you know, the flow on effects in helping you set up how you will then market your business as well. Because as you said, you know, you've, you know, um, you know, what you stand for, what you stand against, what your values are, and then also how you're going to communicate all of that to the world. So that's a great place. And you know, a lot of people will get stuck with their marketing as well. Hey, what do we post on social media? You know, what do we write blogs about? Um, and, you know, you can use your brand strategy to effectively, you know, influence that, right? That's the that's the starting point. They're the stepping stones. Um, so when it comes to marketing, um, same thing. Do you have a few points uh, regardless of sort of, you know, what size the business is, um, are there a few tips? Are there a few places that people need to start, you know, when it comes to their marketing strategy and, and how they're presenting themselves to the world, essentially? Absolutely. Uh, so, again, it doesn't matter what size budget or how big or small the business is. I've often found um, when I develop marketing strategies and plans for businesses that I look at foundations. So, foundational, I look at foundations first. And what I define foundations as, it's not necessarily to do with marketing or branding, but often it is branding. So, like looking at, okay, do we need to develop a style guide? Do we need to develop some brand assets, like some design templates so that things are more consistent? Mm. Do we need to do a photography shoot so that you've got a bank of assets to use that are on brand that you can um, put on social media or use for your emails, use for your blogs, you know, or is the budget um, doesn't stretch enough for a photo shoot? Can we use stock imagery or how can we, you know, adjust things to make it effective and still work for the business? So I look at foundational aspects. Um, they can also, you know, run into operations. So, mm-hmm. for example, do we have the right systems and platforms set up that we need to be able to market ourselves effectively? Because if, if you don't, then especially if you're doing paid media, it can be a lot of money down the drain if you don't mm-hmm. have your reporting platform set up if you're not capturing your leads, um, you know, in a sophisticated or even in an effective way, um, you know, you could be missing out on opportunities that are going to hinder your marketing efforts. So I always look at foundations first, look at things that we need to just like hygiene factors for businesses, right? Let's do A, B and C, get that, get that done. And then I look at marketing. Okay. How can we actually market the business once we've got these foundational aspects kind of down pat, or at least, you know, in our plan, and when it comes to marketing, um, there's a few different models I use when developing strategies and plans. The most, I guess, frequent one I use is looking at the entire customer journey and using a bit of a flywheel. So that's when you look at um, all the stages of the customer journey. So awareness, engagement, um, acquisition, and also activation. So once you have acquired that customer, how can you nurture that relationship so that you keep adding value and servicing your audience and also like from a business perspective, you're encouraging repeat sales. And um, from a marketing perspective, you're hopefully creating brand advocacy and loyalty and those advocates are going to help do the job in bringing in more business. So it's this nice um, wheel that just keeps spinning and the more momentum and the more activity you get, the more momentum you get with the wheel and the more customers Mm. you get coming in. Um, So I use that kind of model, that framework to go through and look at those different phases. And then I ask, okay, right, 
what what initiatives from a marketing perspective can we be doing that are going to help grow awareness for the brand? What yeah. initiatives can we do that are going to help um, drive engagement? So is that creating a lead magnet? Is that doing um, regular emails? Is that mm. looking at our direct marketing activity? Is it having a social media presence and so on? Um, and, and going around the wheel and just asking those questions and looking at the marketing initiatives relevant to each of those phases. And then also obviously um, making sure those initiatives and recommendations um, tie back into the brand mm-hmm. uh, and also tie back into the business objectives and goals that we set right at the beginning so that everything's aligned uh, yeah. because marketing essentially is there to um, help support the business and to deliver on those business goals and mm-hmm. if it's, you know, product sales or, um, you know, service, whatever, um, yeah. marketing's there to help support those business objectives. So yeah, I always look at it from the customer's perspective, look at that journey and that helps um, give me guidance and a framework to work on you know what initiatives we can focus on essentially yeah 100% yeah yeah where the, where the holes are yeah and i think it's a yeah that's a great analogy as well like you know your marketing is you know should be creating an ecosystem where i think um, a lot of the times we can kind of forget about um, you know post acquisition um, you know the the customer kind of becomes a second thought or when we're thinking about our marketing we're thinking about our marketing for from a purely front-end perspective you know how can we reach new people more people get more customers Um, and I think there's a lot of value to be had um, in essentially as you mentioned that whole entire customer journey um, to make sure that it's a great experience um, from you know purchase and then you know repeat business afterwards as well like how do we keep our community uh you know engaged and how do we continue to provide the value um you know there's that stat that goes around it's you know, seven times easier to either keep a customer or have a repeat purchase from a pro- previous customer than it is to acquire a new one so that's something as well where i feel like a lot of a lot of businesses can often um you know, get caught up in the, hey, we've got to market to more people. We've got to get new customers in the door. It's like, hey, well, you've already got, you know, a community. You've already got a customer base. Um, you know, what's happening there to keep those guys engaged and, you know, continue to have repeat purchases. So love that analogy. So obviously this is all the sort of stuff that um, you, that obviously you help your clients with at Ritual Consulting. Um, is there... Uh, any kind of way that you um, you know package up your services, uh, and who do you? Who's your ideal client? You know, who's the ideal business that you like to work with that really fits in with Ritual Consulting? Yeah, great. Um, I guess I have three main ways that I work with my clients, and the first way is uh, probably a more do-it-yourself model, yeah. and that is where I work one-on-one with business owners and give them more advice. So just consult. And it can be around any topic or, you know, ask me anything sort of style set up and I will give um, recommendations and advice based on what I believe they need to focus on and then those clients go away and work on it themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, The second way is more of a done with you model and that is where we do workshops. So I will do two or three hour, sometimes half day workshops with clients and they're focused around a particular topic area. So it could be right branding or brand strategy, could be looking at your target audience, uh, it could be doing a content strategy and plan with a client. So there's pre-work that gets done beforehand and sent through, and then we actually workshop and you know do a lot of the um, activity within the actual workshop itself. And sometimes clients will still go away and finish things off, or I'll go away and finish a few things off. But essentially, the bulk of that work is done within the workshop itself, and it's done together. And then the third way um, clients work with me is more um, done for you. 
So yeah. that's where I will actually go away and do the marketing strategy and plan for the client, present it back, get mm -hmm. feedback, et cetera, or do the content strategy and plan and bring it back. Um, there's always a briefing session or an immersion session in the um, done for you. So I really understand the client's business, whether at the challenges, you know, what's keeping them up at night and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And there's a process mm -hmm. I go through to develop those plans. Mm -hmm. So it's very collaborative at the beginning, but it's very much, yeah, I would do it for them and bring it back to them. I also um, run workshops and um, I'm putting together an online course as well. So I awesome. do a lot of um, guest speaking in people's retreats and things like that. So it's another way that um, people can access me and that I can, you know, that I share my knowledge and, yeah. and you know, yeah. share skills and things like that. Excellent. Love that. Love that. What's, um, what's your take on the, you know, the digital marketing landscape at the moment? There's, uh, you know, there's so much going on. There's always new updates happening with platforms. There's always, uh, you know, a new feature being released, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, from, uh, from your perspective, what is kind of uh, either the thing that you're interested in the most at the moment from like a, a platform or a strategy perspective or, you know, something that you think, most business owners in general should, you know, at least be considering if not implementing sort of in today's digital marketing space? Mm. Oh, that, that's such a big question. There's so <laughs> it much is, going it on. It is very open. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, sometimes I, I feel for small business owners, you know, because as a marketer, I'm like, wow, there's so much going on. Like there's yeah. so many levers and there's, you know, there's so many tools in the toolkit that we can play with. And I think... Um, I've always, I've pretty much always been a general marketer, which just means I sit across like multiple channels or multiple functions of marketing. So that mm. means I've got access to a lot of different levers, right? Yep. Uh, and the art of marketing is working out which lever to pull and where to put your money and where to put your energy and, you know, what what's delivering and what's working for you. So mm. it, it's a real art. Um, yeah, so with digital and that whole the digital landscape, there's more things coming into the mix. So it just means that there's more things to kind of trial and, and explore and test. I think, uh, you know, it's been said so many times, so I really think I, I'm still seeing a lot of businesses or brands really not investing in content marketing or not investing in video content um, yep. in particular. Yep. So I would probably, you know, even though it's a bit of a... Um, you know, it's been something that we've been saying for a few years now, it's definitely... Um, something that if you're not already there just start tomorrow or you know put mm. a plan together and actually start to invest in video content um because obviously the platforms are favoring that particular that content the algorithms are favoring it but also it's just a way of that people are consuming media these days and it's yeah. um short snippet content it still blows my mind you know how short some of the content really needs to be to grab people's attention like literally yeah three to five seconds, you know, yeah. or seven seconds, mm -hmm. um, you know, gone are the days of doing 30 to 45 seconds, you know, TV ads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's really creating that micro content um, that's just short and sharp and to the point. Mm -hmm. um, so I would yeah, be looking at that. I'm interested and in, I'm seeing a lot of like even big brands actually um, I don't like using the word authenticity because I think it's a little bit bit used but yeah. it's interesting seeing brands um create tv ads um now where they're actually showing a bit more behind the scenes like they're showing and it's obviously all stage yeah. but you know yeah. the video yeah. the video cameras or they're showing 
the podcast, how it's being made. So it's mm. it's in recognition or acknowledgement that people want to know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think people, because we're on our phones now, we're seeing content that's more real and more authentic. They're yeah. expecting brands to kind of follow suit as well. So it's been mm. really interesting watching how some of these more corporate brands are injecting more um, human qualities into their brand and trying to be more personal and to try and humanize their brand essentially and make it more yeah. real um, yeah. and just seeing I, i'm i'm being fascinated by yeah, seeing that kind of take place and seeing the brands that have you know maybe been doing it well and ones that are kind of missing the mark or just don't really they're just they're just behemoths and it's too probably hard to actually humanize the brand yeah yeah but it like it yeah, definitely. And I think it sort of goes back to your point earlier around like, you know, because of, um, you know, the the rich format the video is, you can provide so much more context and, you know, behind the scenes. And it really does help you build that brand by helping to humanize your business. And I think, you know, people do business with people. So it doesn't matter what size business it is. If you can give people more of an insight to who you are, who your team is, you know, how you guys operate, what your values are, how you go about your business um it's a great type of uh you know it's a great format for being able to help you tell that story and to make those connections and to build your brand essentially so yeah it's definitely one of the things that we're always you know talking to our partners and our clients about and you know you know making that investment in just like this now obviously with the podcast right it's uh you know it's about sharing that value it's about you know having the the faces and the video and providing the value and and uh, you know that really rich form of uh of context essentially so yeah i think that's definitely a great place for people to start absolutely and i also just think it helps to build trust you know the more you're yes. giving value the more you're actually showing you know lifting the veil and and, mm. and showing realness as well you know particularly on you know if it's instagram the business owner actually sharing their story sharing their challenges people really connect to that they can really relate to that and you build trust and we know that trust you know translates into sales so yeah. it's using you know, it's not that's not necessarily the intent behind, you know, creating that content that's more honest and real, but that's the the flow and effect is that it mm-hmm. actually really builds these strong relationships with brands and their audience and they're more inclined to trust those brands and to purchase from them. Yeah, 100%. Love that. Love that, Tanil. Uh, so much value and uh, appreciate you sharing everything today. Do you have uh, any kind of last piece of advice for business owners out there tuning in uh, you know, to just help them with some success, whether it's branding, whether it's marketing, there's obviously so many different pieces to the puzzle. But uh, yeah, is there one, uh, one key piece of value that you'd like to leave with everybody tuning in? I don't know. Don't give up. Um, just yeah. keep keep trialing different things uh it's very much a test and learn there's no Mm. magic solution you know even if you have a big budget or a small budget it's still going to be challenging uh but work with people keep trialing different things bring in experts if you're finding you're hitting a wall or if you're not if you feel like things aren't flowing or you feel like you could be doing things better don't think you need to do it all yourself because that's where i do see a lot of um business owners fall down Mm. and um, just be patient marketing is a long game branding is a long game um, but it does pay off and you will get the results you're looking for um, Mm. if you're employing the right the right marketing mix and using the right people yeah I love that love that Uh, Tanil how can people uh, get in touch with yourself and ritual consulting Uh, best way 
is to uh, follow us on Instagram, Ritual Consulting. Um, that's yep. where you'll get access to, you know, regular content and you can DM us for comments. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active on there myself and so is the team. Otherwise, uh, online, our website, we've got some great resources that are free and um, where we put the latest, latest website um, workshops, I should say, and course offerings online. So our website is um, ritualconsulting.com.au and otherwise email um, hello at ritualconsulting.com.au I'm always on the other side and happy to have a chat I do um, initial calls as well with people if you just have a question or if you want to um, just bounce something with me or see whether or not you need help with something just jump on the phone and we can have a, a free initial call um, and we can go from there love that love that Janelle thank you so much for joining us on the podcast wonderful thanks so much for having me so that's it for another episode thank you so much for tuning in as we mentioned we'd love to get your thoughts and feedback on this episode you can do that by heading over to our Instagram at attention media agency and letting us know what your thoughts send us a message we'd love to hear from you we'd also love to know what you'd like us to talk about in upcoming episodes so send us your topic ideas ideas we are always interested and if you'd love to know more head over to the website attentionmedia.com.au that's all for now we'll see you in the next episode